It's time for another power-packed episode of Headspace with Dr. Mike. Each week, Dr. Mike is committed to addressing real life, sometimes polarizing and controversial issues, while offering practical and informed insight. Listen in as we discuss hot topics that matter to us and the communities we live in. What's up, Headspacers? Good morning to you all. First of all, just want to give a big shout out to all of those who are joining us via social media on Saturday morning when we uh, first record our session. And then I also want to definitely give some love to all of my podcasters literally all over the world who are tuning in when we podcast each we podcast each week. Kevin, my brother from Denver, what's going on, man? Good to see you. So glad to see you here. Oh, man, it's just excited about uh, what, what I'm just excited about what God's doing in life, y'all. What God is doing. First of all, I just want to give a huge shout out uh, to my coaches, Ryan and Leslie Bogash, because uh, I got on the scale this morning and your boy has dipped into the 480 category. I am uh, 486 this morning, which means that I have uh, well over 70 pounds of weight loss since August 3rd. August 3rd, August 3rd. Yes, yes, yes. What's up, Jamal Calloway? Good to see you, man. So I'm just full of excitement. I am in uh, officially in fat burn, which means that I act like um, <laughs> act like I've had an IV drip of coffee. <laughs> All this energy that's going on. But um, I tell you what, it feels really good. I had a goal that I wanted. My first big goal was that I wanted to um, be able to say that I was 100 pounds down by the new year. Um, I wanted to get down to 100 pounds down by the new year. And it looks like we're going to do that. And here's the other part of it. The next part of that was I wanted to get to my starting weight for Biggest Loser, which was 444. And uh, 100 pounds from 552, I believe, um, is five is 452. So then another 10 pounds or so gets me under that 444 mark. So there's a very good possibility that by the time that, thank y'all for the love. Oh man, I'm so glad that, that y'all, thank y'all. Um, there's a very good possibility that I could enter uh, 2022 um, a little lighter than I started Biggest Loser. And uh, so that's, that's exciting y'all, but thank you all for your prayers and all that stuff. And uh, just, you know, being my tribe, that um encourages me through this oh man all the love this morning good night y'all are y'all are up this morning i think i think it, i i know it's because you know you enjoy headspace with dr mike but i also believe that um some of y'all got word that uh we have a, a guest today a guest today who's uh, agreed to serve as a guest co-host uh for this episode of headspace with dr mike uh, i've been wanting this to happen for a long time uh, partly because I just want to pay him back for the headache that he gave me through the years. Um, because, you know, um, there was a, a young man who was a, a student that I recruited for Cedarville University, like a blue chip athlete. And I didn't quite do it all right because there was there was some there was some things I kind of messed up when it came to it. And he, re- he used to remind me of that every day about uh, some things. But um, I tell you what, there was something I saw in him. Um, the giftedness that I saw in him, there was something that uh, um, just I just knew when I met him. You know, you just meet some folk, and when you when you see him, you just know, right? You just know. And uh, this young man, I just knew. And guess what? Um, here we are, um, close to twenty years later, 
and um, I'm seeing that that I was not wrong. So I want you to do me a favor and welcome to the stage, Brother Justin Span. He is a co-host for Dr. Mike this morning. What's up, Justin? What's up, Mike? Good morning, everyone. Good to be here. Very excited. I'm so good. It's so good to see you, man. Now, Justin, you are a worship pastor down in Orlando, Florida now, right? Orlando, yes. Love right. it here. So, you know, we got a little warm weather going on. It's not as warm as it usually is. So I got my long sleeves. But uh, I'm, I don't want to brag because I know a lot of my friends and family are in Ohio shivering right now. So... <laughs> So here's my question, because, yeah, we're shivering here because it's like 40-something degrees. When you say it's not as warm, when you say it's not as warm as it usually is, Justin, what's the temperature down there? Well, right now it's like 62 degrees. Um, it's only going to get up to 70 today, oh. which, which for Florida, you know, I got you got to wear long sleeves when it dips oh. below 70. So. so so you've made the evolution. That's right. <laughs> So yeah, you understand something. This this man is from Cleveland, Ohio. So that's right, Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio. And he's <laughs> about some of sixty degrees is cold. I okay. still love Cleveland. I just don't go in the winter. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm done with it. <laughs> man, you know what? I ain't even mad at you, man. I just I'm just getting too old for the cold, so I get it. I get it. Man. Yes, you down there in Orlando. It's not just you though. Who, who right, living in Orlando with. So my wife, uh, Latisse, and I have three kids, Jordan, Ethan, and Darian, and they have journeyed with us. We started in Ohio, so all of us are appreciating the change of weather, uh, but, you know, we miss our friends and family, um, but it's been a blessing to be here in Orlando, and I'm serving currently as a next-gen worship pastor at Discovery Church. Very good, man. Now, Latisse is special because not only... Uh, were you one of my recruits from Cedarville for Cedarville? But she wasn't really a recruit because she kind of came with the package. <laughs> I had to work hard on her sister and her brother. And so it was like it was almost just a natural fit for her. But uh, you met her <laughs> in college as well, right? Yes, I did. I, well, I met her and chased her all through college. So it was a four year chase. But, um, you know, you know I, what they say. I brought back the W. So <laughs> you got the W. That's right. Right. Uh, you know what? Um, I think the world of both of y'all, and so um, you guys got to get to know Justin. Justin is extremely talented. We'll talk more about Thank some you, of the sir. things he did. But Justin, we'd like to do a segment in uh, Headspace that I might call Head Notes, and this is where we kind of just deal with some some topics that are in the news, right? Um, okay. Make sure folks are informed on what's happening in life. Um, one of the things that um, happened yesterday uh, was um, we finally directs. Um, Secretary Colin Powell. Uh, he yeah. was one of the, um, for those that don't know, uh, Colin Powell was the first African American to serve as Secretary of State. I think he was under the George, uh, the second George Bush administration, um, the younger George Bush. Yeah. And, um, and he, uh, before that, like he, he had a very highly esteemed um, uh, role within the military. He played different roles, I think, with, his, with George W. Bush's father he was the joint chiefs of staff and i remember um you know i was in middle school when um i was in middle school when uh the first iraqi war happened with um you know when they invaded kuwait and i remember that's when i first got to see who he was but apparently like he had a huge resume even leading up to that point so oh yeah oh yeah, yeah very accomplished very accomplished i think I'm trying to remember if it's a road or a building we have named after him in cleveland Colin Powell. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't I remember, though. So don't... Some things then. 
Don't even try it. You don't want to go there. <laughs> Justin and I have a, a love-hate relationship with our cities because, of course, you know, he's from Cleveland and I am from Baltimore. And so it's, it's funny because Baltimore and Cleveland have a lot of similarities. And True. actually, to be honest with you, we make for good friends as a result of it, but we still have that good rivalry. So <laughs> kind of funny. So we have that. We also had um, a situation where Queen Elizabeth is kind of monitoring some things because it looks like the queen is not doing so well. The doctor has put her on bed rest for a couple of weeks. Yes, that's what I read. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where at first I got immediately like, oh, no, she must be sick. And then I realized that she's 95 years old. And so at some point, I think it's time for the people of the UK to just start bracing themselves uh, for that time. So, Well, and I mean, she just lost her husband. Her husband uh, died short of hundred years old, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And you know what they say, and, and I, I mean, I don't necessarily know that this is a hard and fast rule, but even the Queen of England, I'm sure, goes through some of that. You know, when, you know a lot of times they say when you lose your spouse, especially for a spouse of that long, mm -hmm. um, it does, that also takes a toll on you as well. And so I wonder if that's something that there's a part of her that just has a, a broken heart, you know? Absolutely. I mean, when you've been married as long as they have, two become one, you know, so it's like losing half of yourself already. Um, Look, I already know that um, Shirella has to live forever because that's just not going to work. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Lord, let me go first. I, I say that all the time. That, 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 <laughs> now, I'm not in a rush to go. Now, don't get me wrong. That's right. That's right. Not in a rush to go, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's true. But just when the time comes, I'm going to go ahead and step my ticket first. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll have to do that. So you and i like really have a love for the arts right we, we yes. got that arts thing As a matter of fact you know i was talking about um you actually in your high school used to produce like musicals of different types and there was one particular <laughs> musical that um he did for easter because he went to a christian high school and i was there i just was yes i kind of got you got there after intermission i believe you know, you know how you know you tell you point that out he knew exactly what i got there whatever <laughs> you know I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up. You brought it up, so you opened the door. But uh, but needless to say, like, you've done, because um, before you moved to Florida, you went to um, Denver, right? Yes, yes. And Denver, um, you actually, you have a little theater resume to yourself, don't you? I got a little theater resume. Oh, yeah, I enjoyed being a part of the theater community in Denver. Uh, one of my favorite memories was playing Jimmy Early in Dreamgirls. And, uh, you know, so I'm still... I'm still riding high on that experience. That, Jimmy Early was like a, that's my alias now. I feel connected. Uh-oh. So, Well, hopefully you, you feel connected in some ways, but not all. <laughs> he, was, he was troubled. He was troubled, but that's okay. That's being an artist, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Early. So, Jimmy Early. So you have a love for theater just as much as I do. And Absolutely. really excited, you know, we know because of COVID, Broadway kind of shut down. I mean, like everything shut down. Broadway uh, is really exciting right now because the fall season is filled with some history. History's being made because apparently there are seven new plays by Black playwrights awesome. scheduled for the fall. That is awesome. And I think that's great. And of those seven, um, seven um, Black new plays, Five of those black play playwrights, this is their first go at Broadway. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. You yeah. know, that's that's one of the benefits of COVID. You know, we talk so much about all the things we lost, but in a lot of ways it was a reset, you know, given the opportunity to 
new artists and um, rep people are recognizing the importance of representation. So I'm excited to see what comes of it. I am, man. Like, and I'm looking at the list. Like, there's a, there's one called Passover, written by Antoinette Shinoye Nawandu. Um, Chicken and Biscuits, written by Douglas Lyons and uh, Lackawanna Blues. Of course, we're familiar with that story. Yeah. Um, written and directed by Ruben Santiago Hudson. Thoughts of a Colored Man. I think that's one of the first ones I, I'm going to try to see. I okay. know that you know I'm a you know I'm a reality TV show guy. Yes. And um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, Candy Barris, uh, kind of executive is one of the executive producers on that wow okay and, um, and I, I was watching something the other day where oh yeah um what's his name um oh shoot he's playing he's playing in um he was in little and okay. Keith, Keith david james i think that's his name or something like that okay he, he did a little um a little rendition of something that he he does in that play and I was like, oh man, the music is excellent. So I'm really excited about Thoughts of a Colored Man. Okay. There's a one called Trouble in Mind. There's uh, Clyde's and then Skeleton Crew. Um, so, oh. and this also one, this also, Skeleton Crew is also directed by the same person that um, is directing Lackawanna Blues. So, Lackawanna Blues. So, um, man, I am, I am pumped. This is a great time, you know. Absolutely. See what happens in, um, in, uh, in Broadway. So. Well, you know, you're a lot closer to New York than I am, so you'll have to report back how they are, because uh, it'll be a while before it gets to Orlando. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It will be a while. Yeah, well, I don't know. Y'all are in Mickey, you know, you're in Mickey's, uh, Mickey country. So. That's true. I mean, anything Disney, we get first, so I can't complain, but... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'll tell you what, let's go ahead and pay a quick bill, Crystal, and then we're going to come back with uh, my heads up. to a lot of endeavors. Here in 2021, everyone has had to get in touch with their inner producer. Our man Garrett Brace is one of those guys you need on your team. We at Headspace with Dr. Michael clients of his as he ensures all of our audio files are crisp, clean, and cool. If you have any audio, video, and even lighting needs, hit him up at GWalt Services on Instagram. Remember, GWalt Services, servicing all your audio, video, and lighting needs. So today when we're talking about my heads up, one of the thoughts, I was, I was going down memory lane because this time of year, uh, back in my former days, was when I would uh, hit the road as a college and high school speaker, you know, because it was the beginning of the school year. A lot of times the school administrators wanted to get their students off to the, you know, the right path. And um, one of the, some of the programs that we did, we always had a line in it that asked the question, what is um what is the most valuable or what was the most valuable asset and of course many people would just always say money you know i mean that's that's kind of the obvious and i always used to love the next line of that because i would say no it is not money but it's time time is your most valuable asset and of course they would look at me kind of like i don't know about that but then i had to start building a case for it because what you started realizing is that with money, you can always get more of it. You can always make more, and not even in the sense of like, you can, you know, the country can print money, right? But just, there's always something that you can do to actually get more money. But I can't manufacture more time, right? Um, as a matter of fact, we get 168 hours in a week, and that's it. Like once those 168 hours are gone, 
Guess what? The week is over and we've moved on to the next week. I, I was just talking to Crystal, our producer, and we were just talking about how 2021 is gone. Like here we are in the we just finished the first week of November. And so time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping away into the future. <laughs> but but nonetheless, yes. And, and that you can never you can never get your time back. Um, you know, I can try, but I'm not going to. Uh, I was just reminded a little earlier to here in uh, in Maryland, we are falling back tonight. And I'm, I'm excited about that extra hour that I'm going to get. But chances are I'm probably going to stay up a little longer today because I know that I got that extra hour. Right. And then I'm going to be groggy for the next few days because <laughs> because just my time is just going to be, you know, just kind of be crazy. And at the end of the day, we we can't get our time back. And so one of the challenges I want to give you all is the idea of making sure you spend time like it's money, right? You spend time like it's money. Uh, spending time like it's money is a great um, philosophy that I kind of have been learning along the way. Um, I was teaching it for the longest time, but then I had to start applying it for my own self. And one of the things that, you know, you, you just want to start thinking about, you know, I look back to some of the, you know, what happened during COVID. We were having a conversation a little earlier about what some of the benefits of uh, COVID has been in that period of being able to be put in a place of reset. But I also remember that during the period of COVID, things had shut down so much so that I actually had time to do some other projects. Like for instance, um, the time that I would have to spend, you know, here in Baltimore, the traffic, especially at certain times of day can be horrible, right? Well, guess what? I didn't have to go anywhere. And so I already got back, you know, two hours of the day that would be usually spent in my commute. Um, I was teaching uh, college and we, I didn't have to go to the class. I was doing it online. So instead of having to do the hour long, you know, back and forth to the class, not to mention being in the class for two plus hours, I actually didn't have that to worry about. Right. And then just just in general meetings that we had at church, there was, there's a point where we weren't even having certain meetings at church, we weren't having certain rehearsals and all this stuff. And I had all this time and I was like, man, I want to do this, you know, and some things I did do, for instance, you know, I had Bible study on Wednesday nights, which was awesome, was incredible. Uh, starting Headspace with Dr. Mike was something that happened as a result of that extra piece of time. Right. Uh, but then I look back and think about some other things that I was supposed to get done that I just procrastinated about and and I didn't really spend the time. And now I'm finding myself almost back in the rat race that I was in before COVID started. How many of y'all are there? You've been there too. You're like, man, I had all this time that I could have done something with. And in the moment, I didn't appreciate it like I would have or could have. And now I'm finding myself in a situation where I'm kind of wishing I could go back and I could kind of do it all over again, right? That's because, um, for some many pieces of that, I didn't really fully embrace the concept of spending time like it was money. You know, uh, you know, a lot of times you look at it, you know, there are times where when you start, you know, depending on where I'm at in my finances, um, $20, I can kind of, you know, you know, $20, we, we, we use $20 before we realize it um, without even realizing it sometimes, you know, $20 goes by um, pretty quickly. Um, but there are other times where when things are tight, it's like that $20, I really have to manage it, right? Question is, what are you doing with your time? There are times where, you know, we spend our time kind of freely. We kind of sit around and we just kind of lackadaisical about things or we're not necessarily being as intentional about some things. Then there are other times where it's like, you know what? I need to make sure I make good use of this time. I was thinking about the other day at work, well, with work, because I'm still, for the most part, working uh, virtually. 
And I was thinking about how um, there was a, a project that I knew that I had to get done. Uh, I've known about it for two months, right? I knew for two months solid that I had to do it and get it done. Uh, but yet alone, let again, I found myself and, and Justin, our guest host of the day, he remember because I was talking to him one night when I was working on one of them where um, because you're saying that I was going to take some time today to get better organized and finish a project. I started a couple months. Listen to that. The, 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 the struggle is real. <laughs> yep. The struggle is real. I, I found myself the night before having to deliver this project. I was up to about six in the morning working on it. And, and I reflected on the fact that, you know what? I did not make the best use of my time leading up to this moment. But then there were a couple of times where I was looking back and because I had really gotten myself organized and really was very intentional and specific about it, that I found myself the night before sitting back saying, I feel like I need to be doing something else because I'm so used to always rushing and procrastinating and, and getting things done at the last minute that it felt weird. <laughs> it felt weird because it was like, wait a minute, like I'm done. Like it's actually done. Like I, I really could do it. And, and it, felt, it felt really good. And I made a promise to myself that the more opportunity I get to do things like that, the better off it's going to be because it, it actually in the long run gives you a better quality of life. You know, I was able to use some of that time to catch up on some TV shows with the family. Like we actually were able to kind of hang out a little bit longer with something. And we actually were able to do something that I wouldn't have been able to do because I would have been stuck here in my home office working on something while the rest of the family was having big fun in the living room without me. So needless to say, um, I want you all to be challenged to think about how can I make sure I'm spending time like it's money? And that's my heads up for the day. the headspace with dr mike show on all social media platforms at headspace dm we want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show we also value what's important to you and your community dm your show ideas to us on instagram or facebook the next time you log on you may hear dr mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart Time keeps on slipping, 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 slipping. <laughs> into the future. Ooh. All right, you better sing. I'm proud of you for knowing the words. Oh, see, <laughs> see how he does me. That's that's the kind of relationship we have. <laughs> he, um, you know, he. I am known for like messing up some words to a song. I will mess up the words. I'll mess up the key. It's it's it's, it's a whole. <laughs> that's all right though. You make a joyful noise. <laughs> We about to mute you now. So you know, one of the things that um has been fun for me, the journey that um has been fun for me to watch. And I mean, you're not that much younger than me, um. So it's like I said, you're more like a a, a, a little brother as opposed to um like you know, I'd be your uncle or something like that. Like we have a, a brotherly relationship, y'all. I'm yeah, serious because yeah. we we fight like brothers too. It's kind of funny. <laughs> But um, one of the things that has been a joy to watch is um, is uh, this 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 whole realm of fatherhood, right? Mm. Um, this 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 realm of fatherhood. It's been just kind of fun to watch. You know, um, Justin, your oldest is about, about about what maybe a few months older than little Mike. Yep. And uh, and then of course you have two younger boys 
Um, how, how much of a, a years apart are each of them from each other? They're all two years apart. Got it. All right. Yeah. So you have like a, that six year gap between the oldest and the youngest. Four. So yeah. six, Four. eight, and ten. Oops. Wait a minute. I got to do my math right. Y'all have a communication. All right. So, so talk to me a little bit about because, you know, we always, you have this thing that you do on Facebook called Stuff Jordan Says. And Jordan, y'all, Jordan is the oldest. And what's funny is he tells these stories about Jordan. Y'all, I laugh because some of the stuff that she puts him through are some of the things that this little dude put me through when I was, uh, you know, working at Cedarville and he was a student, just just, just the ups and downs that I had to go to. But talk to us a little bit just about some of that, like just the fact Well, that- the truth is, first of all, being a father is one of the greatest joys of my life. But as far as what you're talking about with Jordan, I, I tell people, I think that is just evidence that black people are really good at giving curses. Why do I say that? Because when I was a kid, my grandmother and my mother used to always say, I'm just praying that God gives you kids just like you. (laughs) And you hear that and you don't think anything of it as a kid. You're just like, whatever. And then you have kids and you get yourself back times three. And um, there's nothing you can do but laugh. The funniest part about being a parent is the times where you have to pretend to be upset when really you are cracking up on the inside. Um, because the stuff that they're saying and doing is just so funny. Man, it's hilarious, isn't it? It's oh, time I'll do something, and you're sitting there looking at them like, this really made sense to you, didn't it? And it did. <laughs> it and did. You want to roll. Like, you actually just want to say, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Right. And but then you, you want to give them two, you wanted to give them the truth, but then you remember they're only 10. You can only give them so much. Yeah. It's like, I want to tell you why this doesn't make sense, but you're not ready for that. You're not ready to receive it. <laughs> What's a, what's a, give us a funny story. What's one funny story lately that, that that she may have done, or maybe one of your other other boys did that is is, is kind of funny. Well, number one to me it, it's what's funny is that they don't know that you can tell when they're lying, oh. and it makes me think about how when we were kids and we thought we had the perfect story cocked up. You know, we would tell our parents, and then we would be surprised when they figured out the truth. And now I'm an adult, and I'm listening to them. They're telling me stuff, and I'm like. You know that doesn't make any sense. I, I knew you were lying before you opened your mouth. That's the first part. And then the second thing is they think they can do everything. My daughter told me she was gonna. She was upset with us because she couldn't do something. So she she packed a bag and she said, "I'm I'm gonna move out." And she was, you know, I think she was expecting me to stop her. I said, "Okay, well, where are you staying tonight? I mean, where are you gonna sleep?" And she looked at me. I said, "Cause you know you don't have any money." And then she said, "Well, you're not gonna give me any money." I said, "Even if I give you money, what you gonna eat?" So I said, and how are you going to get to the place where you're going to sleep? You're going to walk? Because I don't see no hotels around here. You know, and she's just looking at me. I said, so I estimate that if you do run away, one or two things is going to happen. Either we'll never find you again. I said, and something bad is going to happen to you. I said, or you'll be back in a half an hour. I said, so you make the decision, you know. And she, and she looked at me, and she stomped up the stairs back to her room. And this is why. It's because I'm an adult. I know the realities of life. You don't. And it's funny because you think you do, you know, I love you. I'm just telling you, you're not going to make it on your own, dear. (laughs) Stick with me a few more years. Give me eight more years to try to get you ready. (laughs) I was, I was joking with somebody the other day about um, Mike, because it's just, there are days, do you find that some days you look at them and maybe this is more of the boys. um, Are there days where you can see when it's about the click that they they're going to do something and it's like a perfect 
Like, you know, there's, there's Mike the other day just flicked, he flicked a, um, a rubber band at me. Mm. I really thought that was like, he thought that was good. And it was like, I could actually see in his mind, you know how in the cartoons, when the light bulb goes off, like, I feel like I could, I saw it when it was like, yeah, Mike. Yeah, oh yeah, it, hap it happens all the time. Or when you tell them don't touch something and instead of just their face letting you know that they received it and they're not gonna touch it, you can see them thinking, I still wanna touch it. Yeah. If I touch it, what's he gonna do? And you can see them just weighing it, and you be looking at them like, "Okay, you finna test me. You want to test me? Okay, you know." <laughs> and you just wait. I'm not even gonna warn you because I'm kind of excited to see what you gonna decide. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Listen, there was one day. You know, one of the things we always say: don't touch. You know, don't touch the TVs. You know, I, there's 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 things in our house that, like, I mean, if they break, they break. You know, I'm mm -hmm. not as round shape. The TVs, I, I I think that's just a part of. I just think that's a part of the test that comes along with the testosterone package. Mm -hmm. The TVs are just, you know, that I mean, that's just not like what are expensive to replace. Well, exactly. And, you know? Yeah, yeah, and and so it's funny because you say things like "don't don't touch the TVs," like the the screen. Mm -hmm. and like I didn't touch it, but you see fingerprints. Like wow. right, I can I can see your fingerprints. Can... <laughs> They're literally Cheerios stuck to the TV. <laughs> You gonna tell me you didn't touch it? Mike, last night, just last night, he was taking a pencil and he was getting ready to pop. I said, "Don't do that." <laughs> I can't be too mad at them because I know they all types are confused because there's these touch screens out there now. Mm. You know, we got some touch screens where you're touching. I mean, I know that I know they probably they probably really are a little confused, like, right? Like, I, how come I, I can touch this one but not that one? Yeah, I think I think they are just a little a little confused, and I, I, <laughs> I can respect that. And I can appreciate that. That's why I do let the fingerprints kind of go. But I sat up there and watched him with the Chevelle series. I am. I just. I just am. I get it. I do the same thing. And so he was with a pencil, and he was about. To, I said, "Don't poke the TV." And he was like, "I did." I said, "You poked it." He said, "I didn't." I said, "Mike, I see the point of the pencil." I'm sitting here watching you. You think I'm blind? I'm sitting here watching you. Or when you come in the room, this is the thing that gets me. You come in the room. And they jump back and look at you and they say, I wasn't touching it. It's like, you didn't have to say anything because I didn't see you touching it. Now I know you were touching it. Now I know. But they're brutally honest, too. Like, they are really brutally honest. Like, um, there was one. And it's funny because I am convinced that we were kind of abused growing mm. up. <laughs> we kind of were. Like, I do. I think, I think there's some things that we probably do need to go a little back to. But I think we were a little abused because... The other it was this was a few months ago. We're sitting in, we're sitting in the kitchen, and I'm trying to teach Mike about the importance of um, cleaning off. You know, doing chores around the house, right? Mm -hmm. And and cleaning off the table. And so, you know, it was one of those days where I said, "All right, clean off. You know, clean off your mom's plate. You know, take your plate to the dishwasher and stuff like that." And then right. Mom, so he was looking like really just in his in his feelings. Like he was really in a way, Justin. He was in a way. And I said, "What's wrong with you?" He said, I just don't understand. I said, what is it you don't understand? He said, you and mommy could have taken your plate. <laughs> he said, I, I said, well, what do you mean? He said, you make me do everything. Uh -oh. And you and mommy could have, you and mommy could have taken it. I just don't understand why you and mommy couldn't take your plate. I said, well, we had to get it cleaned up. He said, well, I cleaned my plate off. And just <laughs> one of those moments that I realized Growing up, I probably would got. I mean, I definitely would got popped at that point. Like, oh yeah, 
like, you know, and it was one of those things where in my, in my moment, it was one of those, I almost felt like I heard that I had the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. And I heard the devil saying, so you gonna let him punk you like that? Like you gonna let him, you gonna mm. let him punk you like that? You know, like I'm sitting there like, I think as a father, I'm supposed to respond to this. But then I had the angel saying, he really is trying to understand. And it was one of those moments that I just had to sit back and realize he didn't mean anything by that. He really was trying to understand what was happening. Like he, mm-hmm. it wasn't registering to him that he needed to, but just, it was a struggle for a minute. Like, it, oh no. Cause it's like, wait, you questioning me. Yeah. And, and, and here's the funny thing. I'll tell you something that has helped me. What I've started telling my kids is if you want to understand something, that's fine. Ask your questions, but do what I asked you first. Cause the problem is if I ask you to do something, and you start giving me all these questions in my mind, and I told myself in my in my parent mind, I'm thinking you're trying to get out of doing what I asked you to do. Mm-hmm. So go do what I asked you to do, and then come back, and I'll be happy to explain it to you. I like that. That's you know cool. what I mean? But until you do it, I'm sitting here thinking all I all I'm hearing is excuses why you're not doing why I told you what to do. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm seeing it. And Justin, I'm, I'm, the other piece of it, you know, we we were talking a little bit about this because you know. Your daughter, my son are entering, they're getting on the verge of the pubescent years, right? Yes. I'm not looking forward to it. Like, you know, I, his, he's starting to get a little dark under his nose. Okay. <laughs> and I look, I was looking up at it and then it was funny and I'm not trying to be funny or nothing. But the other day I said, I don't think I'm ready for the day when we find out he got hair. And oh, you know no. what I'm talking about. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, I know exactly. I guess what the look, the look. I'm about to call him something else. Guess what the little dude said to me? What? He said, there is some. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Like, apparently, during his last physical, the doctor told Shavella he's starting to show traces of some hair. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That That's that's the thing. Well, And what kills me is you, in your mind, I remember that happening when I was older. I don't. I feel like it happened so much younger now. Uh huh. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I'm like, you can't, how you can't be starting this already. My daughter is a. Her role model now is Beyonce. Oh lord. And, and I love Beyonce. Don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, she's a great entertainer and all that. But at 10 years old, <clears throat> I'm just not sure I want that to be who you're aspiring to be. She comes out dressed for school. I'm like, oh no, where you think you're going in that? It's time for you to change. But I look like Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Beyonce isn't in the fifth grade. You need to go put something else on. You know what I mean? Just think they grown already. That's why I'm good now. That's one thing I am thankful for that he has a uniform that he has to wear. Cause I just I, I just I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready for that. Like just Oh yeah. And the other thing I'm not looking forward to is the day when he decides that he won't he, he wants to, you know, he he he's a man. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my grandmother said called it smelling yourself when they yes. start smelling themselves. Because mm-hmm. I remember when he was a little younger, he, he bought his little fist up one day. And I looked at him, and it was like something clicked. I said, right. Is this what we doing right now? I know you're not thinking about hitting me. I, I know. I just know that's not what you're thinking. <laughs> he bought that little fist. That was a few years ago. He bought that little fist up, and I like stepped back. I was like, <laughs> you're like you squaring up on me. <laughs> But but you know I do I do tell folk that it's it's a rite of passage. It's a, it is. I, and I, I there was there was a day I thought I thought I was bigger and better than Dwayne Allen. 
I did. Mm-hmm. I thought I was bigger and better. He made it. He made it. You know, he made it very clear I wasn't. Uh, to the point that even today, I would never even think about it. So it's it's going to happen. Yeah, and it makes you grateful to your parents. I I know I got so many good one liners, and I'll say something now, and I'll it's like I can hear my mother's voice in my head. Cause I, cause that happened to me too. I felt like my son was squaring up on me. And I said, "All right." I said, "Don't let your mouth write a check. Your butt can't cash." And he looked at me, cause he didn't know what that meant. But I was, I was like, "You ready? This is this where we going?" <laughs> and that said, wait till they become terror ragers. Teenagers oh. don't know them. I, I'm just not looking forward to it in that. I, I'm just. Although I don't necessarily think that I was a horrible teenager. I don't think my mom is on here somewhere. So hopefully she can, she can attest. I don't think I was awful, awful, but I, you know, I, I do, I, there are times where I have to ask Shirelli cause like you, I do ascribe under the thing that God gives us exactly what we put out. And so, um, yes, if he becomes a terrorist. I'm gonna blame it on Shirelli. So <laughs> on that note, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. <laughs> is filled with polarizing topics that land most people on one side or the other. The Headspace with Dr. Mike team isn't afraid to take them on. Monthly, we will invite people on both sides of some of the most controversial topics from the serious to the silly to debate their positions. We look forward to charged discussions that will inform and entertain. DM your head-to-head show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook at Headspace DM. So there's a group of us, uh, Justin. We, um, you know, I think I've talked about this on the show because we've had Bree. Bree's been a Brianna Dupree, Pastor yes. Brianna Dupree, Pastor <laughs> Elder. Oh, Shavilla's Shavilla's talking some trash now. She said we know better. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's been on here as a guest host too, and there is a group of us. These happen to be. You actually served as their uh, mentor through the course of their experience in college. And um, it just so happened, oh, we love you too, Brie. Um, it just so happened that they allowed this old man to be a part of their, their conversations. And we actually started a Marco Polo thread. Um, so those that don't have the Marco Polo app, you need to get it. it is, I love it. I love oh, yeah. it. I think I, I think I love it a little too much sometimes. But, <laughs> um, but anyway, there's this five of us on here. Um, on there, um, Sean, Darius, um, Brianna, Justin, and myself. And it's just great because there are times when we'll just get on there and just start cutting up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll kind of be a little petty about things. Um, Justin, Bree, and Sean don't play as much with the petty as Darius and I do. Um, <laughs> Darius and I do. We ha- I think we have that light skin thing going on. We get a little... <laughs> You get a little extra, but um, but anyway, we, we do some. We, sometimes we're talking about serious stuff. Sometimes we're talking about um, you know, not so serious stuff. Sometimes we, we it's a little bit of both, right? Um, we have actually through those threads have seen each other through like just some dark moments in in, in our lives. Um, and then you know, of course, we don't just do everything. One of their times where it's like, all right. Let me pick up the phone, Justin. What's really going on? I think sometimes I even call Brianna up there and stuff, Sean. We, we they've called me up, say, hey, you know, I'm taking this offline. What's really going on? Blah blah blah. Um, but one of the things that we've kind of really been talking about is lately, and and, and Justin, you and I both are in the ministry arena, right? Yes. Um, yes. You're more the musical side of things, mm-hmm. um, whereas I'm more of like the speaker presenter side of things. Um, and there's this conversation that's being had about 
what is entertainment and what is ministry mm. and finding yeah. that balance between the two. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think that that, you know, because there is, it's funny because when you start looking at the scriptures, the, the, the culture of the church then is just, I mean, it's, it's, many ways is different. There's some similarities, of course, right? Mm -hmm. You have um, the adversity to um, the gospel message, right? That does exist. I mean, it just looks yeah. different, you know, in different parts of the world. Um, but like the idea of, you know, church buildings and, you know, back during the early church, they were meeting in homes, right? Yeah. But the times were different because, you know, a lot of times they had to meet at home because they had to do it in secret, right? Absolutely. Um, um, but then now we're in a situation where we have these monoliths, we have these cathedrals, we have these big, um, you know, some churches are arenas, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and in order to get those things done, um, you got it costs money, right? Yeah. I remember when, um, when I first uh, saw Bishop Jakes speak outside of like one of his conferences and how there was a line for three hours just so people could actually get in. Like he, remember back in uh, Ohio, man, um, Solid Rock. There oh, yeah. was traffic for miles on the service that Bishop Jakes would come to. And one of the things he actually said was, I know how expensive it is to bring me. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a little, cause you and I both come from very- Oh yeah, pastors. cause he's not cheap. No, and he would say that though. And then you take this huge offering Right, and there's there's different. I'm not I'm not here to kind of um, to because I think I, I, what Bishop Jakes does, I get it. And yeah. one of the things about it is, you know, you got to recognize that um, there's these preachers, you know, from me being on the speaker side, that's their livelihood. Like you, you, you got to trust that, you know, they're gonna get paid, and for whatever reason, sometimes we feel that because a person is, is doing church ministry, that they don't have needs that need to be met. You know, they gotta, you know, they can't do that. So. The question has come up is like, how do you make that differentiation between entertainment and ministry? Well, and I, get there. I think there's there's places where it crosses over, and that's a, that's not a bad thing. I think the first problem is we have to just be able to separate the two. You know, mm -hmm. Bishop Jakes, I actually was thinking about your heads up. You know, yes, he's a pastor, but he's also a husband, a father, and so when he takes time out of his schedule because to come to Ohio and do a concert and, and all those things, there needs to be compensation for that. Um, but when I think of entertainment versus ministry, I more think about, so for example, for a long time, you know, we've had Christian comedians, we have Christian movies. Uh, for me, the aha moment was when I was a kid, I used to watch touch by an angel with mm -hmm. my grandmother. And because it was a Christian show, Christian show, I just, I thought of it as a ministry until there was an episode where something happened that wasn't quite biblical. And then as I got a little older, I saw Harlem Nights. And I said, wait, Della Reese, the angel from Touched by an Angel? This is her? And that's what my grandmother said to me, Justin, this isn't a church. It's a TV show. Mm. <clears throat> and acknowledging that the goal of Touched by an Angel wasn't ministry. It doesn't mean it can't minister to you. Black Panther ministered to me, but that doesn't mean that Marvel is, is a ministry. It's uh, entertainment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's great that we have more and more, especially with social media, we have more and more Christian entertainers rising to the surface um, so that we have content that we can enjoy. Um, but it gets muddy when we start looking at them as a ministry and then their actions don't line up with what we think ministers of the gospel are called mm. to do. And so just being able to identify them as they're Christian entertainers, not ministers of the gospel. And I think once you make that separation, it's a lot easier to just embrace their art 
because ministering the gospel is not necessarily their number one goal. Providing wholesome entertainment for Christian viewers is their goal. You know, just that's, I mean, that's a good point. And I remember us having that conversation and about that because I think that I was, I, I think I was the one that even said something about, you know, this guy has a great ministry. And you, you kind of pointed out that whole concept of, yeah, he's a Christian entertainer, but is it, and you didn't say this, but what I took from it was, is it really fair to assert that he's doing ministry and to actually right. hold him under the same, um, under the same dispensation as a person who is doing ministry, right? Um, and I think that's—I mean, I, th I think it's a great point. I think that is is so true. Um, yeah, yeah, that, and that's why let us see a person like let us see a person like Fantasia can at their concerts where they're clearly singing secular music, right? Secular music. Mm -hmm. um, they can go into a gospel set, right? Absolutely. Because, yeah, and at that point. They can minister the gospel. <clears throat> I think anyone who is a Christian or a follower of Christ were called to minister the gospel, but that doesn't mean that all of Lettucey or Fantasia's, um, their brand is a ministry. They might take some time within their entertainment to do ministry, but they're not a ministry. They're entertainers. And to me, another big separation is what drives you. As a minister of the gospel, I'm called to preach the truth whether you like it or not, the amount of likes I get or clicks or shares doesn't drive ministry, you know, but in entertainment, it's about what people like. It's about what people respond to. It's about what people buy. And ultimately, I don't think there's anything wrong with that being a goal. If you're an entertainer, you seek to entertain people. But I think what's dangerous is when we start blending the two together, because I think a lot of people have been let down by what they were perceiving to be ministers. And they were never ministers in the first place. They don't. They didn't wake up in the morning and think, how can I minister to you? They woke up and thought, how can I make money making you laugh or making you cry, you know, entertaining you? Mm. You know, you bring up some good insight and you're actually getting some uh, some good um, some good feedback in social media, because I think that um, that's a good that's a good conversation. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, I really want to dig a little deeper into that role, especially um especially we, we established this whole, yes, I'm an entertainer who possibly ministers, but then let's talk a little bit about that role of a person who does minister. What are the rules of that, right? Mm. What, what, what are the rules that go along with that? So let's take a quick break, Crystal, and then we'll come back and I'm kind of dig into that before we close out. Focused on photo, versed in video, for any media brings visions to life from headshots to family shoots, casual candidates to structured scenes. Our team can provide whatever you need. In Baltimore, you may have seen us at local events such as the Poly City Tailgate or the Randallstown Romp. You can find us on all social media platforms at the number four, any media. For any media, for anything. Contact us so we can create. So, yeah, so that there is this thing out there where, you know, the question becomes, um, where is that balance? Like, for instance, um, you and I, I, hands down, and I've been to quite a few um, praise and worship conferences. Mm. I have to say that when we, we've been to praise and worship conferences together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we laughed about one particular one where I almost jumped off the balcony. <laughs> Oh, yes. I remember that very well. 
I was oh. praying for strength. I was holding on to the back of your shirt saying, Lord, don't let him fall over this balcony. All I know, y'all, was it was necessary. It was mm. necessary. My God. I got I, I digress a little bit. See, this is <laughs> but you know what's funny? Um, so Justin and I went to one of the gospel heritage. Um, they used to do this praise and worship. I think they still do a variation of it now. Um, but it was back in when it was like at the, the fort, like it was one of the premier events to go to. Yeah. And um, I personally think the mistake they made was when they moved it out of Atlanta. I think Atlanta was just perfect because it um it gave the right balance because it was it was in February when most of the country was cold, but it was decent weather. It was like springtime. It felt like springtime in Atlanta. Yeah. And then, you know, it just, it was my opinion. Well, um, and gospel music appeals to black people. And yeah, Atlanta is where you find them. I mean, let's, you found it, right? let's be real. And so this particular year, it happened to be in DC. And I had just gone through something devastating. Like it was, it was pretty devastating. I was, I was really just going through and they were doing the recording. There was a recording that they, they um, produced every year. And there was a song that they did. It was necessary. And um, for years, I have been looking for that song because I don't think that recording ever came out. And then one particular day, I was watching a video clip from a Fantasia concert. Mm. And guess what? She actually did a variation of that song. Yep. And um, it, it just dropped. It started up memories in me, but it really kind of it kind of got because there, you know, there are times where you think about that. And so anyway, at that particular time when they were doing that song, I was I gone. I, I was having a Baptist fit because. Oh, yes. And just, just oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They said she's the well, see, back then it wasn't Fantasia. I think I can't remember the name of the group. The guy who wrote it, maybe it was Isaac Hayes and um, not Isaac Hayes, Isaac Simpson. Isaac it Hayes. Him. Isaac it, was Hayes. Guy, it wasn't Isaac Simpson, but it was it was one of those. Yeah. And, and, and the song said, I am who I am today because God used my mistakes. mistakes. And you started leaning back. <laughs> and it's funny because you're not even Baptist technically. But I'm. But as a Baptist, I recognize a good Baptist fit coming on when I see it. And I said, oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> and then she said, he worked it for my good like no one else ever could. And you're leaning back, started leaning forward. And we was on the front row of the balcony. And you lean, your body was leaned all the way perpendicular to that balcony. And I just grabbed the back of your shirt and started praying. I said, this is going, I said, Mike is going to ruin this whole recording. This recording is going to be ruined. <laughs> if you fell off the balcony in the middle of that song, that would have been the end of the recording. Oh, gosh. It was that good old Reed Temple here in, uh, here in, uh, um, in the outskirts of DC. Yes. The DMV, man. It was it was a good time. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I guess that uh, yeah, it was necessary. That I mean that's that's the gist of it. Um, one of the things that you know was thinking about with this whole idea of entertainment versus ministry, and you brought up some great insight about that piece of just making sure we're making that um making that differentiation. Um, Mark Moore um What's up, Mark? He said, if you're doing praise and worship with the goal of generating money, is that the same as selling tainted animals in the temple for profit? All is right, your Mark. worship authentic? That's a good question. I mean, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that, Justin? I mean, you are a worship pastor. Like, that's, yes. that's what you actually do for a profession. Yes. Um, what, what would you respond to that? Well, I think, number one, the Bible makes it very clear that only God can judge the heart. 
So I think we have to be careful just because a person makes money doing something doesn't necessarily mean that's their goal. Mm. Um, and so if I would say that if a person's number one goal for doing worship or anything is to generate money, then I don't know if I would say it's the same as selling tainted animals, but I would say then their act is not one of worship, it's one of enterprise. Mm. Um, however, that doesn't mean enterprise is a bad thing because in their enterprise, they are generating genuine worship from those who are responding to it. Mm. Um, and so I think there's, like I said, I think there's a balance. In the Bible days, there were people, they were going and being entertained by going to the Colosseum and watching lions rip people apart. And I'm sure at that time, there were Christians who were didn't want to do that, but they were looking for some kind of viable entertainment that was edifying, maybe even encouraging, pointing them to the Lord. And so for our artists that are creating plays and songs and things that are doing that, I don't think we should uh, look down on their offering just because it generates income. But I do think that that's why the Bible makes it clear. God's looking at their heart and uh, we can't really know what's in their heart. I think sometimes their actions betray their hearts and sometimes it shows that they're really about ministry and sometimes it shows that they are really not. Um, but until those times come, all we can do is check our own heart. And um, I think we can also look for fruit. You know, we talk about that a lot on our Marco Polo thread, don't we, uh, Mike, as far as like, mm -hmm. Bible says, you know, a tree buys fruit. So let's look at your fruit. Mm -hmm. I don't care how good you sing. What kind of fruit are you producing? Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's really where the separation line comes from. But for me, I, as a Christian, I love having things to sit down and watch with my family that are made by Christian entertainers that we can enjoy. And so I would want to be cautious not to discourage Christian entertainment. I think it's a great thing and we we need it. Um, but I do think it's important to draw a line between the two. And it doesn't have to be hokey and sappy either. It can oh, really, yes. it, it, you know, we really can, you know, let's let's deal with some of the 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 stuff. I I've been thinking about with Headspace with Dr. Mike, um, you know, how in 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 Darius has his barbershop talk that he does. Yeah. Um Bree works on some projects too. I know you and Sean have been, you know, these are our friends, y'all. They're working on y'all are working on different projects as well. And to do those things takes money. Like it takes money. Like it's not like it it doesn't take money. And so I love that you said that. And I think uh, Mark Moore said the same thing. Mark's one of my brothers. He said, um, you know them by their fruit. And I think that that's important. And as we're having this conversation and engaging in that, understand that it, God does look at the heart. What is the intent, right? What, what is it that I'm trying Absolutely. to do? Um, and recognizing that, you know, there are, and we gotta be careful too, because, you know, some people say, well, if that's the case, then, you know, um, you gotta be careful what you buy. Well, I'm not. I'm. I can't. If I'm. If I'm going to trust that you're listening to the Lord, then I have to trust to the whole process. And so, if that means that you use some of that money that you just earned to get you a nice car, or to get a Louis Vuitton, you know, bag, which is one of my goals, and that that makes sound superficial, but I want one. Like That's I, what you I want. want a, I want a Louis Vuitton, you know, overnight bag. Like and. That's what it's, I want, it's, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah. here's the funny thing. It's not even just wealthy entertainers, but I remember one time I was walking in Denver. We lived in the city, city, really close to downtown. And so there's lots of people, homeless people, um, people who are hard on their luck, you know, asking for money. I remember one time a guy asked me for money and I just felt like the Lord told me to give it to him. Mm -hmm. And so I gave it to him. And the person I was walking with said, I don't know why you gave him that money. They're just going to go and buy drugs with it or alcohol. And I thought... I'm, I'm not held accountable for what they do with it. I'm held accountable for whether I was obedient to give it. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, 
if I'm giving to that homeless person or I'm giving to an artist because I believe that they're doing ministry and I want to support it, then I think God honors that. And I, I think that's really the number one dividing line is where are you looking for your reward to come from? If you're a Christian entertainer, just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean that that's where your focus is. People see it and they say, oh, he drives his car and he does this. That doesn't mean that's where their focus is. They can just afford it. But if where are you looking for your reward? If your reward is in the likes and the money that you generate and the popularity, then that's not really ministry that you're doing. Because a minister of the gospel is their number one concern is is God pleased. Yeah, yeah. Justin, will you? I, I, I'm not saying that you need to do this next week, but would you be? Well, we, we, y'all. I think the consensus is we need you back as a guest host. In the <laughs> You're gonna have to come back. Well, um, thank you're you. definitely gonna have to come back. Uh, Kevin just asked, "What church did you minister at in Denver?" Because Kevin is in Denver. Yes. Oh, okay. Flatirons right now, I think. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I actually, was a candidate at Flatirons for, for a period. You remember that, Mike? You remember that journey? I do. Um, which you know I developed a great relationship with one of the pastors there. But actually, the church I was at in Denver is called Providence um, Bible Church. It's in the Northeast Park Hill area, um, and it's. It was a job that I did that was part church ministry and part nonprofit urban development ministry with the urban development program called Cross Purpose. And awesome. so I was there for five years. Um, and that's where he was. And then now, you know, you're serving, you serve as what, what role do you actually do at Discovery down in Orlando? So I'm the worship pastor uh, for our Winter Garden campus. Uh, actually, we'll be there tomorrow if anybody wants to come out to Winter Garden um, at Discovery Church. And then I'm the next gen worship pastor, which means I'm over the worship for all of, all of our campuses, students and young adult ministries. That's good, Justin. And one of the things that um, I like to point out, and he may get mad at me when I do this, but if you are looking for somebody who not only knows how to worship, I mean, he, he can take you into the throne room, but also is a clinician that knows how to teach um you know I, I'm, I'm thinking particularly um if you have a, a praise band or a praise team that you really just kind of you've been trying to get them groomed for something or just want to give them some extra stuff you want to call this guy how can they how can they reach you justin what is what is one of the best ways to reach you oh wow uh, <laughs> well um probably the best way to reach me is by email because that way i won't be driving and get a text or message and forget um and so my email address is j s p a n n j span 07 at gmail.com or you could just find me on facebook and instagram uh my uh <laughs> my instagram is at jj spizzle Please do not judge me for that. It, I created it during a time when spizzle was something people were doing. We were adding izzle to everything, and I just have not gone back to change it. So uh, if you want to find me there, send me a direct message. I would love to you know, give you some insight if that's all you need, or if there's an opportunity to come out and visit, help you out, I would love to do it. Yeah, definitely. I already am trying to figure out how to do some things with him with uh, the Bible Institute Learning Center that I run at my church and um, y'all I'm telling you something the boy is talented like just thank you I didn't even, I didn't even let y'all in on some of the stuff I start I told y'all about the gospel choir that I started at Cedarville and the Lord literally had to pull me out of the way so that he could take it where it needed to go they produced two or three CDs three um we went on one international tour to Australia when I was in charge but he like took them to Europe took them to Australia again twice yeah um, we got to sing a hill song with Israel Houghton see that's what I'm talking about like that's that's what we're dealing with here. He is the big time. So oh, no. um, anyway, 
know he is. I'm just so. blessed and highly favored, brother. I know that's right. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, don't play with me. Don't play. I'm not going to do it today. Y'all, you know what? We uh, had a good time. Justin, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Thank you for having um, me. You send, uh, give some love to Latisse, who just celebrated a birthday. Yes. And the three kids, uh, let's see, Jordan, Darian, and Ethan. Oh, you got uh, it. Look at you. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> Yes, I will, we will do that. I will do that in that. Make sure I get you connected for some Axel stuff. So to that end, everybody, we wish you all of God's many blessings. May the peace of, that only he can bring rain in your lives. Until we meet again, peace. Thanks for tuning in to Headspace with Dr. Mike. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Headspace DM to continue the dialogue with other Headspacers regarding today's show. Everyone is filling their Headspace with something. The question is, what are you filling yours with? Tune in next week. <laughs>